Would you take your Bibles and turn with me to one of my favorite verses of Scripture? A lot of times that uh, when I sign a letter or I sign a note, I, I refer to this passage of Scripture as a passage of Scripture that is one of my favorite. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Last Sunday morning, I shared with you a message on prayer. Today, I want to share with you a message of a hotline to heaven. I mentioned last Sunday that next Sunday, we've got something very, very special in store. It's going to be unique service. It's going to be a time that we're going to come together and we're going to pray as a congregation. You said, oh, no, you mean it's going to be just a prayer meeting? It's not going to be just a prayer meeting, my friend. It's going to be a prayer meeting of where I believe God is going to come down and God's going to do something great and mighty in the midst of our people. I have never been as burdened or as compelled to bring before you a series of messages on prayer as I have felt in the last several weeks. You know, I dare say there's not one adult that doesn't have one of these. You say, um, Pastor, what does that have to do with it? Well, what if I told you? You know, on these new smartphones, it takes a smart person to do a smartphone. I guess you'd call mine an ignorant phone because I can't ever figure it out. <coughs> but uh, what if I was to say I could uh, hit one number and immediately I would have God on the other end? Wouldn't that be mighty, mighty powerful? It would be priceless. Well, my friend, we've got something better than a smartphone. We've got what we call prayer. And I want to remind you that through prayer, God is on the other end. I heard about a little uh, boys and girls were gathered around the altar and a preacher came and he was talking about prayer and he uh, had a phone and he says, guys, he says, I want you to understand. He said that uh, with this phone, we can call God anytime we want to. The little boy spoke up and he said, well, what's his number? <laughs> well, I want to tell you what his number is. It's Jeremiah 33, verse 3. That's his phone number, my friend. Because in Jeremiah 33, he tells us exactly that he is ready to hear and to answer our prayer. So with your Bibles open, would you stand with me? Jeremiah 33, verse 3. And what I'm going to do today, I'm going to dissect this passage of Scripture, and we're going to take it word by word by word, and to see exactly how God is closer than a telephone call. Listen to what the Bible says. Call to me, and I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things, which you do not know. You believe that? Amen. That is a good, good place to say amen with a hearty amen. 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 Absolutely. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, how excited we are 
to know that we can come before the throne of God and that you have given us a promise here, a promise that cannot be denied, a promise that cannot be broken, but a promise that will be fulfilled that when you would say, call to me, call me, and I will answer it. Not that I might or that I may, but that I will answer you. And so, Father, we ought to pray. We ought to pray consistently. We ought to pray continuously. We ought to pray constantly. Because, Lord, as we pray, is as if you're right here in front of us. And we're talking to you verbally, physically, and spiritually. So, Lord, teach us how to pray. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I'll just kind of give you an idea of what we're going to do next Sunday morning. Next Sunday morning, we're going to have a a series of concerts of prayers. We're going to have individuals to come and to lead us and guide us and direct us in prayer. We're going to have testimonies of where God has heard and answered prayer. We're going to sing uh, songs of praise and worship. It's going to be a time where I believe that the Lord himself is going to come and he's going to be in the midst of his people. You do not want to miss it. You do not want to miss it. You want to be here next Sunday morning as we come together in this time of prayer. Well, let's look at this passage of Scripture. What in the world is God saying to us about prayer? I think he's saying three dynamic truths to us about prayer. First of all, he is saying, God hears our prayers. Listen to what he says. Call, call. By listening to that word call, it gives us immediately a command. So there tells us there is a demand of prayer. My friend, I want you to understand as a child of God, God expects you to pray. And he not only expects you to pray, but he commands you to pray. This word call is an imperative verb in the Hebrew language. It is literally saying, it's an, it is literally saying that prayer is not, a lack of prayer is not a weakness. But it's a wickedness. It is sin when you do not pray. Friend, I want you to understand. The Bible talks about in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23. Listen to what the writer said. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. Did you realize that when you do not pray that it is a sin? What amazes, I believe this is one sin that amazes God. That why wouldn't you want to pray? If you had the privilege of coming before the Lord and you had needs in your life, why wouldn't you want to pray? Why would God have to command you and me to pray? I mean, you know, you stop and you think about it. God doesn't command us to go to the hospital when we get sick. But we go. God doesn't command us to go to the supper table or the dinner table when we're hungry, but we go. 
God doesn't command us to go to bed when we're tired, but we go. Why in the world would we come to a point at a place of where we would take prayer so lightly? He is saying here, call. Friend, did you realize that this command that God has given to us, that is a command that God has placed upon every one of our lives, that I am coming before the Lord as a father before his son. In other words, he said, I want you to be on speaking terms with me. Have you ever thought, stopped to think about of the, of the millions and millions of stars and planets around this world? How far and far, far away that they are. And yet God, who created this world, is right here in our own midst. Where there's two or three gathered together, the Bible says that I'll be there in the midst. The Bible says that if you will call upon me, I will hear you. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. The Bible tells us that if you abide in me and I abide in you, whatsoever you shall ask, it shall be done. Do you hear that promise? Do you hear what God is saying to you? Why in the world would we want to disobey this command? Prayer is a vital essence. I think about of what Isaac Newton said, that great scientist. This is what he says. He says, I can take my telescope and look millions of miles into space, but I can go away to my room in, in prayer and get nearer to God and heaven than I can when I am assisted by all the telescopes on earth. Boy, that's a good place for an amen. Amen. To think of the millions of miles of the stars. And we sometimes think that God is in the heavens and that he's not here in our midst. But my friend, I want you to understand, he has promised us that I'll never leave you or forsake you. And right there in the midst of where you're at, he said, I command you, I demand you to pray, call. But look what else he says. I'm reminded of what uh, uh, a principal of a school, you know, it's a shame that in our schools today that we've had, we've been commanded to take prayer out of our schools. You stop and you think about what has happened to our schools when we took the Bible out of our schools, when we took prayer out of our schools. Stop and look of how far we have gone in the last 10 to 20 years simply because of taking these vital things out of our school. I remember when I was a kid. It was normal and natural. Every morning we began the school day giving the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. It was normal and natural. There would be a devotion. It was normal and natural. There, there would now be a time of prayer. But now we do not have that. I, I like what this principle, he was a Christian principle. And this Christian principle uh, had a little plaque on the door of his, uh, of his uh, office. And it said something like this. Can you bring that up for us? Did you have it? You don't have it. What he said was something like this. And it was like 
if there is a time of a uh, a time of emergency, all prayer is all you can you can you can I can't I can't get it out. All prayer is now available to you in a time of emergency. And my friend, I believe that is exactly right. In the time of emergency, all prayer is available. But secondly, I want you to notice here, not only the demand of prayer, but also the direction of prayer. Listen to what he says here. Call to who? Call to me. Call to me, he says. Now, he is directing us who to pray to. He is directing us. He is not talking about praying to some God that has no eyes. He's not talking about a God that uh, has no ears. He's not talking about a God that has no voice. But he says, call unto me. If you today had a particular need and you wanted to call the President of the United States, how many of you think that you would be able to get a hold of it? I guarantee you wouldn't be able to get a hold. You wouldn't be able to get a hold of one of his assistants. But the Bible says you don't have to worry about waiting that you have to go through an angel. You don't have to worry about waiting in line. You don't have to worry about him putting you on hold. But he says, call unto me. And he says, I will answer. Now, I know, and I say this in respect, there are a certain religion that they pray to the Virgin Mary. Well, theologically and biblically, that's incorrect. You don't pray through the Virgin Virgin Mary. But let me ask you a question. Why would you? If you could pray to Jesus, why would you want to pray to the Virgin Mary? If you could go to the top floor, why would you want to start at the, at the bottom floor? Why would you want to talk to the janitor when you could talk to the owner? And so, my friend, what I am trying to say to you, why would you? And I say that out of respect because I know there's some very dedicated people that, that, who do that. And I know that they're very sincere in what they're attempting to do. But let's just be logical about it. Not even thinking about being theological. If I can go before the Lord Jesus Christ, and Paul says that I can... And the Bible tells me in Jeremiah 33 says that I can. If I can go before God himself, why would I want to go to anybody else? Call unto me, he says. And so we've talked about the demand. We've talked about the direction of our prayer. But then the dimension of prayer. Call unto me and I will answer. In other words, he said, there is no restriction. He did not say, call unto me if it's important. He didn't say, call unto me if you have no other choice. My friend, I want you to understand, the only thing that God wants you to do is to pray about everything. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says this, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, what? Let your requests be made known unto God. Let it be known unto God. In other words, that I have that tremendous opportunity to come before the Lord himself and to make my requests known unto him. 
Pray about everything, my friend. So, number one, God hears our prayer. Call unto me. Number two, God heeds our prayer. Listen what he says. And I will answer you. He doesn't say, I might answer you. He doesn't say, there is a possibility that I might answer. But he says, definitely, I will answer. The only prayer that God does not answer is a prayer that is not offered. Did you hear what I'm saying? The only prayer that God does not answer is the unoffered prayer. God always answers our prayer. I hear people say, Pastor, do you really believe that God answers all prayers? I absolutely do. In fact, I'm going to prove it to you. He answers your prayer in one of four ways. Sometimes he answers your prayer by go. Yes. In other words, I'm reminded Samson. Samson there was that mighty man of God that who disobeyed the Lord himself. And there he made a mockery against his life, against God himself. And there in the Philistine pagan temple, they had him chained to two columns. And there as he cried out and as he prayed, there in the book of Judges chapter 16, verses 28 and following. Listen to how God answered his prayer immediately. Then Samson called to the Lord saying, Oh Lord God, remember me? I pray, strengthen me. I pray just this once, oh God, that I might, that I may with one blow take vengeance to the Philistines for my two eyes. They had plucked his eyes out. That's what he says in verse 29. And Samson took hold of those two middle pillars which supported the temple. And he braced himself against them and one on his right and the other on his left. Then Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all of this might, and the temple fell on the Lord's and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his own life. Immediately, God answered his prayer. Sometimes God, when he begins to work in our life, that sometimes he answers our prayer immediately. But sometimes... He says, God, the go is the answer. Sometimes slow is the answer. I remember when I was a little boy. And my older brother, which was six years older than I was, got a shotgun for Christmas. He was, seven, he was 16 years of age. Well, I was 10 years old. I pitched a fit because I asked for a shotgun. You said, well, you weren't old enough for a shotgun. That's exactly right. My mom and dad realized I wasn't old enough for a gun. But you know what? When I got about 15 or 16 years of age, I got a shotgun. See, that's what God does sometimes. In our prayers, we're not mature enough for those prayers to be answered. Sometimes in our prayers, God says, I'm going to answer your prayer, but the timing is not just exactly right. And so, he says, slow. Sometimes slow is the answer. And then sometimes no is the answer. I remember 
the number of prayers that I have prayed down through the years, I would be embarrassed to tell you some of the Booth's prayers. And I am so grateful and thankful to God that he didn't answer those prayers because of my immaturity, because of the lack of my spiritual ability and knowledge. I would pray and ask for certain things and because... God knew that I didn't need them. He didn't answer my prayers. If God had answered the prayers that I had asked, I would not be where I'm at today. I probably would not be standing here today preaching God's special word. I probably would not be married to the woman that I'm married to today. I probably would not have the children and the grandchildren that I have today. I probably would not have the blessings that that has been bestowed upon my life here today simply because God knew better than to answer my prayers. Sometimes he says, go, yes. Sometimes he says, slow, now's not the time. Sometimes he says, no. But then sometimes he says, wow. Yes, I'm going to answer your prayers. I'm going to answer your prayers, and I'm going to answer them better than you could even ask for what you want to receive. I remember reading about Ruth Graham. She said that if God had answered her prayers, she would have married the wrong man three different times. But what did God do? God gave her a great man of God like Billy Graham. And that's exactly the way he does in our life. Sometimes he overwhelms us. He gives us far more than what we could ever ask for. He gives us something far greater than we could ever possibly imagine. He is saying to us, he says, yes, I will answer your prayers. Yes, now immediately. Or sometimes, no, now's not the time. Or slow, Let's take it a little moment by moment before I can answer your prayer. Or sometimes, wow. So he says here, call to me and I will answer you. And then look what he says in last of all. God not only hears our prayer, God not only heeds our prayer, but God honors our prayer. Look what he says in verse 3. And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Great and mighty things. You know, prayer is never meant to be a one-way conversation. A lot of times we think that when we pray, that it's all that I'm doing, all the talking. But my friend, I want you to understand, prayer is a two-way conversation. It is God talking to you as well as you're talking to God. God wants to use prayer to show you things that you would never, ever know had it not been for prayer. Prayer. The primary purpose of God is not to release God's treasure, but to reveal God's truth to you through prayer. Have you ever stopped to think, the things that God has taught you down through the years through prayer. I look back upon my life and I began to uh, 
reflect upon the number of times God has answered my prayers and the way that he did it. And not only that he answered my prayer, but what he revealed to me. Did you hear what he says here? He says, I will show you great and mighty things. See, through prayer, sometimes God shows us some things that we would only would find through prayer. That word show means to manifest, means to expose, means to reveal, means to unveil. God wants to show us things that we don't even know. Have you ever stopped to think about that some of the greatest truths that you have ever discovered has been through prayer? Stop and you think with me for a few moments of the moments that you have agonized with God. Stop and you think about those moments of where you prayed and you found yourself overwhelmed with the circumstances. And the Bible says that through our moanings and through our groanings that the Holy Spirit of God comes and He he makes intercession for us. There are some times that when we pray that we cannot even verbalize what we're trying to say. My friend, I'll just be honest with you. When I stop and I think about the condition of our country, I sometimes get overwhelmed in my conversation with the Lord. When I stop to think about of all that is taking place here in America today, it's just mind-boggling. This thing about Planned Parenthood, of taking little precious little babies and selling body parts, Who can comprehend something like that? Who can understand something like this? Listen to me, people. If God's people don't awake, wake up, and realize the seriousness that we're in, my friend, we're headed for the greatest destruction that you can ever possibly imagine. And I believe we're closer than we've ever been in our life. As Billy Graham said... And I think it's been said numerous of times since then, if God doesn't judge America, he better, he will raise up Sodom and Gomorrah and apologize. We're in a desperate situation. So when I'm talking about this thing about prayer, my friend, I want you to understand it is something that is so important that we cannot deny it. It is so important that we must be engaged. I believe there is hope when it comes before God. I believe that when we, when God's people will cry out, cry out from their hearts, oh God, help us. I believe he will hear us. And I believe that there can be some changing. But here's the problem. Most of our churches and most of our Christians have become so complacent, so cold, that they take prayer so flippantly. I lay me down to sleep prayers. And we don't get serious with the Lord. This is what I'm talking about, people, is that God wants to show us some things that we will never discover without prayer. 
you stop and you think about the, the forgiveness of God, you would never understood the forgiveness of God had it not been for prayer. If I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all my unrighteousness. Can you imagine? As wretched, as sinful as mankind is, that through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he washes and cleanses and makes us whiter than snow. Who can comprehend that? He shows us things that we could never understand except through prayer. Who can comprehend that? You think about the grace of God as our choir just got through singing. The amazing grace of God. Who can comprehend that? Through prayer, God has bestowed His grace upon our lives. But He says, some things only God can show us. And some things that only God can certainly can know. He says, great and mighty. That refers to a fortress. It refers to a wall that is around a city. In other words, it's fenced in. It's inaccessible. Only God has resources that can come and meet the needs that we have before us today. You stop and you think about through prayer of the same of the things that you've learned. You've learned the greatest person that has ever been born into this world, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. You've learned him. You have experienced him. You have knowledge of him. How did that happen? It was through prayer. It was that sinner's prayer that you prayed. And Christ came into your life, and there he became alive. You've come to know Him. One of the greatest discoveries of your life is knowing the will of God, knowing who to marry, knowing what job to take, knowing where to go and where to be. God has a plan for our life. And He has given us that wisdom and that ability and that knowledge of knowing Back in the 1800s, there in Minnesota, they were having a tremendous problem with their crops. The people lived off of their crops. Locusts had come in and began to settle upon their crops and literally devouring their crops and destroying their crops. John Pillsbury was the governor of that state. And you know what he did? He did something very strange. He declared two days of prayer for the state of Minnesota. Two days of prayer. And he says, in this prayer, schools are going to be closed, shops are going to be closed, Businesses is going to be closed and that people are going to come to church and they're going to pray that God would save their crops. Well, miraculously, that day that they began to pray had one of the hottest days that they had seen. 
and the lava was on all the crops. The next day, it was a very hot day. And the locusts began to crawl. And it seems like it was getting worse and worse. And people began to be disheartened. Then on the third day that night, there was a tremendous freeze that came and killed all the locusts and the larva. It has gone down in the history a day that God heard and answered his people in the state of Minnesota. Wouldn't that be something? If the President of the United States would say, listen to me, people. We've got a problem on our hands. A problem of terrorism. We've got a problem on our hands of looting, lawlessness. We've got a problem on our hands of rioting. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to declare a day of prayer. And all the people come together and pray for our nation. But I'm sad to say that even church members probably wouldn't take advantage of that day. I'm sad to say that a lot of Christians wouldn't realize the seriousness of it, much less our nation. But hear and hear me well. God has a way of drawing his people and drawing his creatures to their knees. Listen to me. Either we take advantage of prayer that God has called us or God might create it in such a fashion where we have nothing else to do but to pray because of the seriousness of it. The Bible says, if my people shall call upon my name, if my people shall humble themselves, if my people shall turn from their wicked ways, if my people will seek my face, what? Then I'll hear and I will heal. My friend, I want you to understand. I believe God is calling us to a time of prayer like we have never, ever seen in my life. Will you join with me in prayer? Now, I mean really, will you join with me in prayer, praying for our nation, praying for our government, when I think about some of the decisions that has been made even this past week, I tremble. I tremble of the results that's going to take place from those decisions. But I believe I've got a God that who sits upon a throne who is in control, and that he is still reigning and ruling. And he's waiting for his people to call upon him. Jesus,
My heart is broken. I believe we've taken this thing of prayer so lightly that we just kind of snooze in your face when it comes to this thing called prayer. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive me, dear Lord, of my inconsistency. Forgive me, Lord, of not realizing the importance of prayer on a day-by-day-by-day basis. Lord, we're living in some terrible, terrible, treacherous moments. And I believe there's only one answer, and that is revival. And I believe there's only one answer to revival, and that is through prayer. It's when God's people come together and they humble themselves. And they seek you. And they turn from their wicked ways. And they call upon you. And have the assurity of knowing that you hear and answer. Lord, when I think about Jeremiah 33.3, oh, what a nugget of gold, spiritual truth that you have given us today. Call unto me, and I will hear you. And I will show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Lord, there might be someone here today that is lost. And the greatest thing he could do is to call upon you. And how you could show him salvation, eternal life. Oh, Father, may the Spirit of God do that in the life of that individual. Lord, may the Holy Spirit of God move among our congregation here today that we might come together in brokenness and in prayer. Lord, may there might be the floodgates open of men and women, boys and girls, flooding their way to the altar, crying out to a holy God. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayer. In Jesus' name. Quietly would you stand? During this time... I just invite you to come. Join with us around the altar. Pray for our church. Pray for our families. Pray for our country. Like we've never prayed before. I welcome you to come. Join with me around this altar. And take advantage of what God has promised us today. Why wouldn't we? 
Why wouldn't we want to be a part of that? Pride? Why wouldn't we? Come and join with me. You're here today and you need to unite with our church. We welcome you to come. But this is a unique type of invitation today that we as a body believers recommit to this time of prayer. Would you come? All heads are bowed. They're just going to be playing. We're not going to sing. I just invite you to come. Would you come? Would you come? We're going to have a time of prayer in just a few moments. But would you come? Will there be any others? We come before your presence today as humble as we know how. We come seeking your face. God, forgive us of our sins. May our hearts and our lives be clean and pure. But, oh God, we come praying because We are burdened over the condition of our land. We're burdened over the condition of homes, families, lives. People that we come in contact with and their lives are literally being ripped apart and being destroyed. I think about precious families, little children. And sin has come and literally divided and destroyed those homes. Oh, dear God, we're in need of a great revival. And Lord, we know that as we pray that, some people will snicker. And some will think, why? We've got greater needs than that. But Lord, nothing's going to change until hearts and lives are changed. 
We pray for our country. We pray for our president. We pray for our leaders. We pray for our state and our local government. Oh, dear God, may you give them wisdom. In the decisions that they make, help them to be reminded of the impact that those decisions will make upon so many people's lives. Lord, may our church be known as a house of prayer. That through this church, through prayer, we will literally see people changed for the honor and for the glory of God. Oh God, come. Meet us in our midst. And Father, we'll praise you. We'll honor you. We'll thank you. And we'll give you all the glory. For we ask this in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen.